This episode of The Latest is brought to you by voting. That thing, alongside going to Burning Man, trying a cronut, and finishing The Wire, that everyone has been insisting that you do for a very long time. Today is Election Day, the occasion on which Americans will cast a ballot for a president that's been on their mind for four years, as well as the dozens of representatives, judges, and ballot initiatives that they didn't bother to Google while waiting in line. Now, later this week, I'm going to cover the result of the election, whether our collective groundhog chose to see its shadow once again, or decided to ignore it because we're ready for winter to end. But I wanted to make sure that, if you're a listener of this program, that you've already taken the time to vote, or you're planning to vote today. Nearly 100 million votes have already been cast, but that's out of an estimated 233 million eligible voters. Since early voting started, less than half of the country has taken the time out of their busy schedules of ordering Seamless and watching the Queen's Gambit to determine whether or not their tax money should keep going to malted milkshakes for the guy who thinks windmills cause cancer. Now, obviously, more people are going to vote today, but unlike every other fun group thread that's trashing you behind your back, this needs to include you as well. For once, in 2016, Hillary Clinton lost the state of Michigan by about 22,000 votes. And if that many of its residents are also willing to hang out with weirdos in parking lots to stare at old cars during the Woodward Dream Cruise, waiting in line at an elementary school with a bunch of other malnourished Midwesterners should be a delight. In 2018, an Alaska State House election was close enough to go to a recount, and the winner was decided by just one vote. That could have been you, assuming you're an alcoholic pipeline engineer with a checkered past who's been pushed to the outskirts of Anchorage. And if the election comes down to a tie, in some states, it's left up to chance. In Idaho, they toss a coin. In Florida, they pick the name out of a hat. In Nevada, they draw a high card. These things should not decide elections. They're barely the right way to pick a secret Santa. And if you don't want a game of high-low to determine the cost of your health insurance, then you need to grab your AirPods, pop the battery out of the carry-on luggage that you haven't used since March, and go hang out at the library for an afternoon. Maybe grab some food. November 3rd is also National Sandwich Day. So maybe you can pick up some Jimmy John's and remind everyone else in line that Jimmy John loves to murder elephants. And if the line is long, Google pizza to the polls and some nonprofit will send everyone in line a pizza while you wait to vote. Maybe you'll get some Papa John's and you can remind everyone else in line that Papa John uses the N-word during conference calls. Or maybe you can just strike up a normal conversation like a regular person. Doesn't sound very appealing to me, but... Whatever floats your boat, and whatever casts your vote, today, vote. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Cameron Dodge-White, the owner of Bourbon Belly, a Los Angeles-based hospitality consulting company focused on beverage programs and business operations. Cameron? Thanks for joining me. Greg, thanks for having me. On Saturday, OJ mourned the loss of the late Sean Connery. Hey, Twitter world, yours truly. <laughs> Let me start by sending my condolences to the families of Sir Sean Connery. I met Sean Connery some years ago at Connery had his scotch, nah, not, not shaken and not uh, stirred uh, martini, but he was a total gentleman. God bless him and his family. Take care and vote. Cameron? 
What do you think about what OJ had to say? Well, first and foremost, I think it's very nice that uh, he gave his condolences to the Connery family, uh, obviously RIP to Sean. Beyond that, if we were to make a, a perfect Bond martini, that would be the Vesper, uh, as brought up in Ian Fleming's Casino Royale, the very first Bond novel. The Vesper martini is actually a mixture of gin and vodka with Kina Lillet. Now, because it is gin and vodka and he orders it shaken, usually people, I think, think that martinis are supposed to be shaken. However, because it's a gin-dominant martini, I would recommend stirring it because the botanicals in gin can bruise, leaving a bitter aftertaste. Additionally, Kino Lillet is no longer available on the market. It's just simply not made anymore. But if you sub it in for a uh, sub-in rather cokey Americano, you're in business. I also like to add a dash of lemon bitters along with it. Now, scotch makes sense, as Sean is, or sadly was, Scottish. And I think that it's also one of those drinks that has a lot of romanticism about it, partially because of the arduous process of making scotch and the fact that most scotches are aged for at least a decade, if not much longer. Being able to drink a 1964 Macallan is like drinking history, and he is certainly historical, if not legendary. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? Oh, he's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Cameron, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Greg. And that's the latest, written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Please go vote. Latestpod.com underscore Greg Ott on Twitter. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you will soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast after the election, after you vote. Vote. I said like vote, but I meant vote. That came out very weird. I'm sorry. Sorry.